<laughs> you think Fishburne like regret? Does he? Do you think he regrets? Um, because I don't think I've ever really heard him speak publicly about being uh, Cowboy Curtis. Yeah, I don't think I've I've heard him speak publicly about it either. I don't think he regrets it. I it's not his finest work that he looks back on. You know, he was bumpy. You know, so he doesn't need to to bring up uh, bumpy from Hoodlum. Oh right, fuck! Well, I'm just like that's a weird way of complimenting the guys. Like, uh, <laughs> like he, I'm I'm sure that's he was brolic at some point, but I don't know. I wouldn't hardly describe him as bumpy. <laughs> No, that was his nickname in Hoodlum. The, yeah, the, Bum, the, Bumpy Johnson. The movie I always reference. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> so weird that you got that's your like go to movie to reference. I you mean, do reference that movie like <laughs> out of the blue. It's just it was such a great movie. It's it's uh, he he was great in it. I, I got to say if uh, if he if he ever talks about like his the top roles of his career, I hope he mentions that. But I don't think he I don't think he mentions. Um, uh, peewee's playhouse because i think that was just like you know i'm an actor i'm starving uh i'll just take whatever the fuck comes my way and he probably thought it was gonna fade into like obscurity you know like nobody would really know it but then fucking peewee <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh but i mean I, it became huge and then you know and then uh i, I i'm assuming that uh that uh, Lawrence Fishburne didn't want to be associated with somebody that jerks off in a theater. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he he's been in Hollywood how many years? I bet he I bet that's not the worst thing that he's ever seen. Or I mean, look, I I don't want to dig up this guy's dirt, but uh, there's stuff under his own tent that that he probably prefers to be forgotten than whatever Pee Wee did. Oh, you know, you know what he did. No, not him. His daughter. Oh, oh yeah, right, right. No, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. Not so much. Not so much that she, you know, dipped her toe into the industry. It's it's the fact that well, or other things. I'm sorry, Morpheus. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to do this to you, Morpheus. <laughs> I know you. You. You're my bro, Morpheus. Don't get but, it twisted. But, Don't get it twisted. We're in the Matrix, baby. It's all good. It's the fact that she seemed to have been doing it out of revenge toward him. Uh, she's just yeah. like, you know, he was never around. Da, 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 da. He's just like, so basically I want to be like a Cardassian. So I'm going to do this. And it's just like, you uh, really need to work this out another way. Because you, you can't erase this. Like once it's well, done, thought, it's done. Yeah, it's done. I th- I totally thought you were going to go a different way with that. I thought you were going to be like, you know, I'm, I, I want to do it like the way that those, you know, those people did it and just launch a war against the Federation uh, and just manipulate the Romulans again. You know, I, I'm just pulling shit out of my ass because you said Cardassian in front, instead of Kardashian. Um, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, that's right. I said Cardassian as opposed to Gard- Kardashian. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's right. My bad. Well, you know, both. No. Both are pieces of shit anyway. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let, let's just talk about that a little bit because, like, um, you know, all that shit with Kanye went down, right? Mm-hmm. And I was totally on Kim's side. I was just like, fuck, this, you know, it's it fucking sucks that, you know, I, I was, I, I kind of like, my opinion echoed that of Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, uh, fucking, you know, if if a woman as powerful as Kim Kardashian has to deal with um, create like a uh, 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 kind of like a, a, a stalker uh, who doesn't respect boundaries. What good does like w- like what does that say about like a, like a woman who isn't a billionaire, you know, a millionaire or billionaire? Who has to contend with the same kind of shit. And then Kim turns around and is like, you know what's wrong with women nowadays? They're not. They don't like to work. You know. And and I'm just like, oh, I was on your side for like a, a minute. And then you had to turn around and just like be like, oh, just because I'm, you know. Uh, uh, all this shit has happened to me doesn't mean that I'm not still a shitty person. Yep, yep, yep. And just to be clear to our listeners, like, both things can be true. Like, we're both still on the side of, you know, whether you're rich, poor, whatever, don't don't harass women. Don't treat them as possessions after you break up. Like, I still, despite that asshole comment that she made, um, I still don't want her to be uh in this situation with kanye west but at the same time like uh kim fuck you you've never you you don't know what a callus from work is (laughs) on any part of your body like shut up women don't want to work yeah it's just whatever it's just something it's fucking what uh, shit rich people say Mm. right um are, are we just doing the show at this point? Yeah, I, we're always doing yeah. the show. We're never really uh. off. There's just <laughs> there's just the show that we do that we record, and then there's, you know, the uh, the the lost episodes that is our friendship. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's all gold. Welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to the Robots versus Taxes show. I'm Ernesto, and I'm Pav. And you're listening to Robots vs. Taxes, RVT. On Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're, we're kicking things off by playing catch-up. Mm-hmm. Um, on the only show that mixes politics and pop culture uh, liberally, exclusively. <laughs> yes, yes. Other, other words that uh, are adjectives that would help me bolster this kind of argument. But yes, we are talking about we're we're playing catch up uh, because we missed you last week, mm, we and sure we did. had a lot of we had a lot of things to talk about, and um, and you know a lot of shits happened. Nuclear yeah. Holocaust is upon us. Oh, buddy, don't go to don't go all that <laughs> way. I'm just kidding. It, I'm, ki- I'm not gonna go that way. I'm not. I'm not. You 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 got to wait until you know my announcement of you know missiles in the air, and then you could freak out, you know. <laughs> but uh, the anxiety of nuclear annihilation isn't helping anybody. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, it's it's really really uh, coming to a head a little bit um, with you know Putin not backing down. 
Mm. But we're uh, we're we want to talk about a thing that's been talked about uh, by the 24-hour news cycle, and we just wanted to bring it up again because we have our th- own thoughts on it, which is the, the media reaction to how this war is being perceived. Mm. You know, this this conflict in the Ukraine is being perceived uh, by the media at large. And I don't know, it, it's, it, it really speaks, it, it smacks of hypocrisy mm. about like how much sympathy is going out to the people of Ukraine when in the same breath, you know, um, the United States has been bom- bombing Somalia. Ha- mm. there, ha- Israel has been bombing Syria. You know, you don't hear about the Democrats, the Republicans uh, pouring their hearts out and and pleading with mm. the leaders of the aggressive com- countries. Well, one of them happens to be us um, uh, to, uh, you know, accept refugees with open arms and to cease this, this mindless conflict. Because those people are, I'm going to come out and say it, they're just the wrong shade. Yep. Yep. There's yeah. no other way to, to sum it up. And and then there's the the other side, because it's not just the media. Then it's like, like okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about Sean Penn, who recently just came out and said, you know, hmm. if Zelensky uh, doesn't get uh, airtime on the Oscars, then nobody should show up. The Oscars, which are tonight as of the recording, taking place. Mm. I guess our tickets must have gotten lost in the mail. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, uh, you know, when the Academy Award Committee comes together, they're just like, what are those dudes with the cum jokes? <laughs> well, we need more, yeah. <laughs> more cum jokes in this broadcast. How are we gonna get to doing that? I'm sorry, I just always said that the Oscars could use more cum jokes. <laughs> and now for best back of balls shot, you know. Um, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, you know, it's just like <laughs> Idris Elba's like balls just like flying like <laughs> He innovated a uh, macro photography technique to get the full <laughs> texture of the back of ball shot, really raising it to another level. <laughs> and and Alba is commenting, it's just like, I was just honored to be part of this process and, <laughs> and to bring cinema to a new uh, epitome. That's when you you cut like you cut to James Cameron li- live on the set of Pandora, and he's just like punching a. He's like, "God damn it, robbed again!" Punches a hole through a hat. <laughs> oh my god! My my back of ball shot was gonna be innovative. It's gonna be three D, blue. Oh man. Uh, Hollywood. I, I wouldn't put it past them. But uh, yeah, Sean Penn and his comments, while, look, I, I've been giving it some thought, uh, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I feel that there was a good intention in there somewhere. But to go so hard 
um, over Zelensky not getting or getting mentioned or not getting mentioned. I don't know. I don't watch the Oscars. But whether it happens or not, um, him appearing on that platform, uh, while it's watched by many people, millions of people, I, I don't think it's 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 what's really needed in regards to going hard, the issue to go hard on uh, right now. I mean, every day, whenever anybody speaks to him, it's just like, please send help, send weapons, send anything. Uh, do not forget what's going on here. Call it out. More sanctions, please. I, I doubt he's just like, you know, if only I could get on the Oscars, my message will really get out, you know. And again, I, Sean I, Penn, you know, I know he's trying to come from a good place, but mm. there's something, you know, maybe it's just me. Um, and I don't, I don't want to like, you know, uh, uh, say that his cause isn't worthy because he's done this before. Right. He mm. go he went down to um, New Orleans after, uh, you know, Hurricane Katrina. And, you know, he brought a film crew and he tried to bring like national attention to a very severe crisis. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I know his heart's in the right place. Mm. But there's something very odd about the way celebrity skews very serious subject matter. Mm. Like, I, I, I like I, at that point, like. It's 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 so weird because it's like uh, because like they are trying to like stars, I guess, are trying to do good at some point. But then it it feels like it cheapens it. Maybe it's maybe um, am I wrong in thinking that because it's like uh, like for such a for such a, a, a serious subject like the conflict in Ukraine for him to like come out and like call attention to it. It. It to me, it's and, and to be like you know, if we're not doing this, if if you don't if you don't uh, call attention to the conflict in Ukraine, then none of the stars should show up on the night where we all pat each other on the backs mm. for doing a great job. You know, mm. Mm. Uh, it's not not as doesn't the message doesn't feel as resonant as he, he might think. Mm. At least to me, it, it doesn't. I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. Uh, I guess the the question I would ask myself is, what else could Sean Penn do? Like, I assume that he's, you know, rich from his uh, career and, and projects and stuff like that. So um, is there a, a financial angle that he could take on this? Could he organize other stars to somehow get money moving in the right way that supports U Ukraine? Um I mean, it's sort of like it's a double-edged sword, right? Because the Oscars is, whether we like it or not, one of the biggest nights uh, in the industry, if not the biggest night. So anything that happens at the Oscars is most likely to be talked about in the news cycle, at least for the next few days. Um, at the same time, though, if, if the star, let's say... Uh, everybody else jumped on board with his idea, and if Zelensky was not going to get platformed at the Oscars, let's say the majority of the stars just decided not to show up, right? Then what does that do? It, it just means that no stars show up to something that that 
doesn't really get ratings, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's uh, what I'm thinking. Uh, it's and that's that's why it feels cheap. That's yeah. why it feels cheap to me. And it's like, uh, uh, I don't know. I uh, like if you wanted to bring more attention to it, you, like you would. You, I, I don't know. Uh, calling attention to it in that way seems like. Remember when. Gal Gadot thought it was a great idea to sing Imagine. <laughs> like, get all these stars together and fucking, you know, uh, belt out the Beatles tune Imagine. You know, uh, so much. So, it was so cringy that fucking uh, even John Lennon came out of his grave and was just like, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with this kind of. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you invoke the ghost of John Lennon. Oh my god. Oh god. Um no, that that was a fucking cringy moment. I just remember thinking like people are dying, man. Like people are losing their jobs and nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen, but you celebrity singing imagine to us like like it's going to be okay. It was just it, there was a, a real disconnect about it. Um, the only, the only time something like that did work and I might be biased here was when, uh, they did a, um, sort of like a remix or a rehash of, uh, the real folk blues from Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, but that's different. That you're, It is different. The, it is different. And because they yeah. weren't trying to like placate us and be like, oh, everything's going to be okay. They were just like, you know, let's let's just have a moment of art here from, you know, and they took something that was already great, right? And made it fucking practically spiritual. I can't yeah. I can't look at that video without choking up. It's 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 something else. So I feel like eh, maybe that's what Gal Gadot was trying to do, but no, definitely. Well, kind of, yeah, I, I, you know what? It wasn't her intention to reach, you know, the, the, that level of like, oh man, so many people are going to be so invested. We are going to pick up spirits, everyone. <laughs> and everybody's like, fuck you, you fucking rich asshole. <laughs> it was c collectively as a nation we told her to go fuck it like <laughs> go take your lasso and go fuck yourself <laughs> she's like oh no i better lie low until wonder woman 1984 <laughs> that will make things better <laughs> oh man oh, I, I was like I I couldn't believe that video. I was like, oh fuck you, and, and that, but that's every time like a a, a a superstar decides to like you know uh, get together with other superstars and they're like, I know what we'll do. We'll belt out a song, yeah. and you know they'll start singing and they'll they'll do that song from The Simpsons, like we're sending our love down the well, <laughs> down that well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that joke from the, that that Simpsons joke when Bart fell down the well, and he was, you know, the Timmy O'Toole episode. I think was it. It, it really just it, it. It's so 
relevant to <laughs> to how it is today. You know, it's still relevant. That that joke has staying power. It really, really does. <laughs> uh, but speaking of allies, if we're we're you know talking about allyship and mm. and all that jazz, uh, so there was a Critics Choice Awards, which you know we again we weren't invited to. But, you know, uh, we're tentatively waiting for our invitation for next year. You know, I think it's because of uh, all the uh, Sammy Sosa jokes we've done in the past. I think he has some sort of <laughs> pull in the industry that got us blackballed. So, Sammy Sosa? Did you say Sammy Sosa? <laughs> it's, I, I, hear, I hear bachata and, and, and sleigh bells. Could it be? Eh. Oh my god, it's Sammy Sosa! Mira, Come back from the grave! Mira, coño, I'm not there, okay? Oh, oh. I'm just uh, light skinned uh, it now, that's all. Well, no, I mean, it's Mr. Sosa, it, uh, just, just to see you somewhat uh, placed together in some shape resembling the human form, it's just astounding to me. How do you do it? How do you keep up with the regimen of all that duct tape, keeping your body somewhat in wobbly place? Let me tell you something, man, okay? It's not easy being Sammy Sosa, okay? I'm so gray. I hit so many hong rang in my life. And and people just turn on me. You and Ernesto, you, you, you turn on me just because... I'm- I do some cream to make my skin soft, and it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry, Mr. Sosa. You know what? I have tried some of your cream, and it it definitely brings out a shade of pale that I've never really experienced before. But right? I, I right? Know yeah, I do. I know. Look, I also know that you're a very busy man, and uh, I would like to... Uh, extend you the opportunity to show your skill. Uh, you know, I know this is a podcast, but I know you'll show your skill on this podcast live. I'm going to throw you a softball. You can pick up that baseball bat, which I've conveniently placed at your side. And I'm going to throw you this baseball. Okay, okay, this is what I know. Okay. <laughs> you make it You make it count, Sammy. Here we go. And... <laughs> Oh my arm! Oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh my god! Oh my god! His, his whole, oh my god! The skin and his whole upper torso just came oh, off. Oh my god! I, I had no more vitamin in my body. Oh my skin! Ernesto, sweep him off. Sweep, sweep him off the stage. All right, guy. All right, guy. You gotta get out of here. You gotta take your skin with you. All right. Ugh. God. Oh. <sighs> I don't know how he keeps finding where we're doing the show. It's like it follows it's, us it's, or something like that. He really, it's really ridiculous. I mean, and I would say he's a fan, but uh, every time he shows up, he really fucking hurts himself. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. What, what were we saying? Okay. You're right. In terms of uh, we're we're talking about allies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. So. A couple of like uh, a few things happened. Well, not oh, just one specific thing happened that made me really think about like 
the the way that you know you're on like certain people's sides and then they show the flip side to that coin mm. but uh Jane Campion the director of Power the Dog Oscar nominated movie Ernesto have you seen Power the Dog yet I have not I have not All right great <laughs> Is it anything like um uh What's what's that movie with the dog that uh, plays basketball? Um, Airbud. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything like that? Uh, kinda, a little bit, kinda. <laughs> um, it's got more sumptuous cinematography, you know. <laughs> okay, all right, uh, all right. Um, but I would I would liken it to the movie Tombstone, starring uh, Sam Elliott. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. But speaking of Sam Elliott, you know, Sam Elliott came out against this. Like, he was on the Mark Maron podcast, and he mm-hmm. was just like, you know, power of the dog. You know, there's a lot. There's a, there's a, a lot of homosexual undertones and overtones to the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, – it, I think it was a very moving movie. It was, I, I honestly think it's going to take home the gold. Uh, but he didn't like it because, well, he thought it was too gay. and then for a good while i was on jane campion's side the director of power of the dog Mm -hmm. i was on her side i was like man that sucks and then she came out and she was just like you know he's just a bitch who's not even a fucking cowboy like who the fuck (laughs) is he to be saying like oh my movie doesn't reflect the west and i was just like you go girl Fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) Then the flip side to that coin came out during the Critics' Choice Awards, which you referenced earlier, Mm -hmm. where uh, Jane Campion won for Power of the Dog. And then she said, I'm going to insert the clip right here. I'd also just like to uh, give my love out to my fellow, 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 the guys. <laughs> the nominees. And, and, you know, Serena and Venus, you are such marvels. However, you do not play against the guys. <laughs> like I have to. <laughs> Whoa. I'm like, fucking black women just can't excel without stray bullets from white allies, right? Supposed, and that, like, that in heavy quotation marks, white allies, quote. Oh, my God. Yeah. You just haven't had to play against the big boys like I... Would you shut the f- Oh my god. Oh. I you know I rarely used to I rarely like to use this term but uh she deserves to be canceled into oblivion. Like how do you <laughs> like they were just sitting there. They had nothing to do with you and your win. They have a movie based on them but literally they did not Oh, step into your lane or anything. They were just there. And you had to... Su- oh, my God. 
I, uh, you know, at, at, that, at this point, this is old news, right? Because uh, she already said she was sorry. She was deeply apologetic. Fuck about her sorries. I, I, I'm starting a movement now. Like, when it comes down to white allies who, like, step out of line, fuck your sorries, okay? Fuck your sorries. Hashtag these nuts. Because you... You're, first of all, your sorries are disingenuous. You're just sorry because you've been called out. Have you made a change? Have you somehow done anything to to uh, atone for what you just said? No. No, you haven't. You're just hoping this will blow the fuck over and then your next project will still get some sort of support. Fuck you. I'm so tired of this shit. I'm sorry. You were saying. No, it's okay. Uh, I totally echo your sentiment because I was just like, uh, because it wasn't bad enough that she said that in front of all these industry honchos or whatever, but they cut to fucking Sir, uh, Venus Williams. Her face is just the face of utter baffling disappointment mm. because, and I felt so bad for her. I was just like, why why would you do that like like it, it just felt so out of the blue like i don't know i just i i i just can't fathom why why like they can't just let black people be you know it's it's almost like genetic for them you know it's like i can't really be successful unless I shit on a person of color in some shape or form. Like, you literally, you won. You won. You could have just gone up there and said, thanks. And that, and, and it would have been right. gravy, you know? Go to your right. after party and the after after party and, you know, snort your, coke, snort your coke or whatever the hell you people do. But um, she had to take a shot like, uh, I, I'm just... I'm so disgusted with people like this. I, I, I got to tell you, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but my ability to forgive slip-ups like that with just this naivete from white people yeah. has gotten right. so short that during um, the summer of 2020, when the uh, Black Lives Matter protests were... Uh, in really high gear, especially in response to what happened to George Floyd. Um, I had a few Facebook friends who said some ignorant shit, some people that I went to college with. Um, and as opposed to trying to being the enlightened friend and educating them, I'm just cutting people off. I'm just like, you know what? That was a really stupid thing for you to say. Don't talk to me. And just unfriending them. Is it going to change the world? No. I've just I just have such a short fuse when it comes down to this shit. It's just like we, we we're not living in like in in the early 20th century when people really have no idea what the culture that lives right next door to them is about. You consume the media, you see the news, you interact with these people in your real life and for you to be so fucking oblivious, I just don't buy it anymore. I'm getting off my soapbox now. Let's move on to the next subject. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No, I totally, um, I, I, I'm totally on board with you there. It's just, uh, it, it just, it, it, it just 
feels like like no matter how uh, what achievements like you know people of color and the black community get to it's always got to be like uh, they've always got to be othered by the by the whites you know it's like it, it, it's always like it, it it's always kind of like uh, uh, uh it's almost like they have to turn around and act like schoolyard bullies and be like well you're you're good for what you do you know mm. it's it's disgusting mm. uh and yeah it's like no amount of apologies can really put that back together it's like ah uh, forever you're going to be that lady that's going to be associated with those comments mm. until enough time passes where uh the community itself like the black community could just turn around and be like okay now we forgive you but that is far 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 away that is a f- the, the light from that fucking star is not reaching earth for millennia because <laughs> right because because fuck because just fuck her man that's that's such a fucked up thing to do, and it's and it's indicative of something much deeper inside of her when it comes down to race and insensitivity. I am I put good money on that. Yeah, really, you think you think so? That you think that it's like what what do you what are you thinking? Like it's uh, I think she's one of those roots pe- in. I think she's one of those people who's who who knows how to spit that good game in regards to allyship, but uh, doesn't let's say employ people in high positions in her productions that are people of color or um she can probably count on one hand how many uh people of color have been in her house or uh, she's probably one of those people who thinks that she can't be racist because um you know she slept with a black person sometime in her history or she has a black friend like there's something else underneath the surface that that comment uh, indicated uh, that there's a huge gap in her understanding and her practice in regards to allyship. I I can just, it's just from what I've seen in my life, and I know it's anecdotal, it's just always the case. Somebody says some stupid shit like that and you dig a little deeper, it's just like, oh, um, you just want to feel good about this, but you haven't actually done any of the work Right. You, you know what? I just recently saw the episode of Atlanta. I know I've, I've been I fucking dick ride on fucking Atlanta all the time. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's a genius. It's a genius fucking show. And like the, uh, the season premiere of season three uh, is about how, um, you know, uh, Donna Glover and uh, and his, you know, uh, is. He's he plays a a manager for a rapper named Paperboy, uh, and they go on tour at, in Europe, and they're in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, so they all go to Amsterdam, and uh, they everybody seems super cool, mm. and then people are like you know uh, uh, the character that Lakeith Stanfield plays uh, beautifully, by the way. Um, is just like he's like this weirdo who is kind of like kind of an aloof weirdo, mm-hmm. and he's just like smoking weed, and he's just like, "This place is my heaven, baby," and 
they're having a great time, but then there's also a, a Christmas celebration coming along. And then they find out that the flip side to Amsterdam is that they they have this tradition where uh, Santa comes around, and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Fucking like the there's a dude there's a the there's a character in Amsterdam lore or Dutch lore where that's uh just a white person in blackface. Yeah. And. Ugh. And uh, the rapper Paperboy is about to go on stage, and the audience is just full of people in blackface and just the the wigs, you know, the the, and and, and like, and he's just like, nah, I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> and he can't like, it's the dude. That episode is so fucking amazing but it to me it just it feels so relevant to what we were talking about because it's like oh it's all cool and everything until you know you see the flip side <laughs> and the 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 really weird weird oddly racist kind of moment to everything mm-hmm. uh and then you're just like oh okay that's right these people are still white people mm-hmm. right they can be as friendly as fuck once they turn around, they're just like, oh, no, we have this tradition where, you know, it's all good. No, it's not. Stop that. You know? <laughs> it's they and they and they cling to that shit. Like, I don't know why, because it's so old, because it's part of their identity that that's one of the reasons why um, I will never support the Bolshoi again, as long as the current director um oversees it uh because they still uh put on ballets that feature um racial stereotypes and blackface a certain amount of blackface in them and when they questioned the current director of the bolshoi ballet he was just like it basically gave that whole rote line about you know oh i don't want to give into cancel culture this is an old tradition it's about preserving history, blah, blah, blah. I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically that. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck the Bolshoi. Yeah, right. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. That's gross. Uh, you know, speaking now we're, that we're talking about casual racism in the <laughs> entertainment industry, that's just uh, that, that the, you know, you, you, you light that match and the whole <laughs> fucking forest catches fire. <laughs> It's like, no, don't. <laughs> I just saw, I, you know, I, you know, I, I've been hearing a lot of like, uh, uh, like controversy swirling around the movie Licorice Pizza. It's a movie by Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, one of the most esteemed, you know, directors to come out of the 90s since Quentin Tarantino, blah, 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 blah. But uh, so he's got this movie, Licorice Pizza, and it's a little problematic because the main story is basically about a 25 year old woman who falls in love. It's a romance uh, between a 25 year old woman and a 15 year old kid. Right. Oh Weird. Oh, my God. Weird. Oh, why can't we just stick to grinding Nemo? Anyway, you were saying. Uh, God. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I oh, 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 the days of old. Right. <laughs> When all that we had, like, when when the big controversy was just like, is this bestiality? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
but yeah, it's a, it's a uh, licorice pizza is like a coming of age tale about a 25 year old woman who falls in love with a 15 year old kid. But in the movie, out of nowhere, there's this character who just does a, they go to the, uh, the main characters go to a Japanese restaurant in order to get at like, uh, get their, uh, waterbed, uh, business, uh, more, more clout. Mm hmm. With the local businesses and shit, like advertising. And this Japanese restaurant is owned by a white guy who has a Japanese wife. And he speaks to her in a like a Japanese accent that is pretty much what Krusty the Clown did when he was doing oh, his stand-up special. God. First of all, it was... first of all, kudos to you for bringing up the Krusty the Clown example because <laughs> nothing hits harder than that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was so like, and it's it happens twice in the movie, uh, and the first time I'm just like, wait, what is happening? Why? It's so weird, and then it happens again, and I'm just like, did we really need to revisit this character? Mm. So. Anyway, long story short, they interview the director, and the director, Paul Thomas Anderson, he's confused as to what the deal is with uh, with the controversy surrounding this character and that moment where people were just like they the 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 reporters. I think it was like LA Weekly. Um, basically, they asked him like, "What do you say about the controversy swirling around this?" And he's like, "Well, it wasn't my intent." for for it to be controversial i just kind of like wanted to show that uh this character exists you know and he's an idiot right mm. the, the character i'm showing is a buffoon and then the 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 reporter didn't let that go and they were just like yeah but there are some people in the audience who are just gonna laugh along with the japanese stereotypical accent and they're not going to get what you're trying to say. And he's just like, I can't control how my message lands. What, what, do you, what is your opinion on that, on that answer? What is your opinion on that answer? Because it's like, to me, I'll tell you what I think. It's a bunch of horse shit. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretentious. It's really pretentious as fuck to, to – to be like, oh, uh, I can't control how people, you know, can't. It's basically like saying like, oh, you can't cancel me. That's not what I was trying to say. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like this this, this character is is ridiculous. Like you didn't need to, to do that. Mm. Or because the character is it, it's because the, the scene in, in it. I know you haven't seen the movie, but in the movie. It's played for laughs. Like the 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 two main characters kind of glance at each other, but nobody condemns the that character for for being a fucking for being a complete uh, bigoted buffoon. Wow, wow. Uh, well, I so, first of all, I think you you summed it up perfectly. If there's anything I can add to that, I'm I'm only going to add um, as somebody. Um, who still considers himself an artist. Um, when artists say, I can't control how my message lands, um, while there's a certain amount of truth to that, as an artist, you also have to be ready to accept that maybe you got it wrong. 
you know, just because you created a work doesn't mean it's just like, you know, you, you, you wipe your hands and it's just like, I did it, you know, and now it's out in the world and you guys do, it's like, no, no, no. The art is a reflection of you. And when you get a response, uh, you have to accept that it's speaking to something that you put forth into the world. You know, it's, that's one of the reasons that makes art so difficult is that you are exposing yourself. And when you expose something that you don't quite like, especially when the feedback comes back like this, you have to be ready to accept that as much as you're ready to accept the praise. Um, so when an artist like him says, oh, I can't control how the message lands, it's just like, you're just a corporate chill then. You're not really an artist. You're not really trying to make anything. You're just making money. That's it. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Because you know what it is? It's like this is the second big time Hollywood uh movie that's been nominated for an Oscar that has uh people who that that kind of shows this kind of uh anti-asian character caricature like uh character because if you remember with the once upon a time in hollywood came out mm. like it was just like the the controversy surrounding that was like that fucking bruce lee was reduced to a punchline and i'm just like what is happening with these because those those two directors paul thomas anderson and quentin tarantino like they come from that same school of like '90s indie director. I'm just like, why? Why are these two directors kind of uh, taking the shot where they're just like, you know, Asian people, right? Funny, ha 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 ha. It's like, fuck you. It that makes me angry on so many levels. Like the man has been dead since uh, 1973, and you figure, all right, all right, now's the time to take the shot at him. Like fuck you, dude. Seriously, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, we don't have much time left in terms of the show, and we haven't. I think feel like it's been mostly taxes. Oops, mostly taxes. <laughs> you know. Hey, you know, sometimes we got to do that. We we didn't put out a new episode last week, so you know we had to get people caught up. You know they. they we, we're dependent on, okay? I mean, you have your mainstream media, you have your independent media, and then you have us. Right, of course. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of love that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, do you want to talk about the Batman deleted scene that got uh, released? Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just briefly for me on that, because we've, we kind of chatted about it last night when we were hanging out, just being guys. Um, yeah. I appreciated the framing of the deleted scene. It was, it was just brilliant to look at. And it really got me intrigued into who is this character um, that Batman is interacting with. And there's obviously a great importance here. And it quickly dawns on you as any fan of the Batman lore would know that he is speaking to the Joker. Um, the actual delivery of the lines from the actor who was playing the Joker somehow did not uh, put its hooks into me. I mean, there were there was like a moment or two that I was just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, but overall, I wasn't just like, holy shit, 
the, this is the new Joker and he's going to um, give a tour de force uh, performance. You know, maybe maybe I'm missing something. Um, maybe for me, it was just too short in order to really gauge what he's going to make the character. Um, but that's how I felt about it. I I disagree with you uh, because I, I, I don't know. I... I thought that that character brought a uh, – it was like a continuation or like a, a jumping off point from the Heath Ledger Joker. Mm. Um, I felt like that was definitely an influence, a stylistic influence on the on that character, on the, the this new iteration of the Joker. Sorry. Let me stop you for a brief second, okay? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be right back. No, no. No problem. Hello? Oh. Okay. I'll be right out. This is the. I'll be right back, okay? We're going to cut. Sorry. You got it. I'll be right back. No problem. Yep. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. My I was just like, uh, <laughs> what happened there? My apologies. I got a food delivery. <laughs> oh, no. It's all right, man. What'd you get? Sushi. Sushi. What were, awesome. What were we just talking about with stereotypical Japanese yeah. accents? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. oh, it's all right. That's getting cut. <laughs> And and we and we feel bad about it like immediately. So it's not like we're like, it's not like we're issuing a statement being like, well, I don't, I don't know if people like really understood the nature of the joke. <laughs> I think you should leave that in. I think I think it's a learning moment for people. It's just like, look, you okay. can you can realize you did something stupid and then apologize. You know? <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, um... But like I was saying, I was like, I really like the new iteration of the Joker. I I thought that, you know, uh, you know, I I I I get what you're saying, but uh, also I kind of see that the way that performance was brought across, it's like a a young Joker, right? Mm, mm. And that's what I, what I really like about it. It's like, oh, he's he's still fresh, <laughs> not really fresh face because his face looks like fucking shit. <laughs> um, uh, but then, like, again, like, we're talking about, uh, you know, supposed allies in the industry and, like, uh, the, uh, you know, pot shots that come out of nowhere. But with regards to that movie, like, the director, Matt Reeves, um, was talking about this iteration of the Joker. And he was talking about how, um, you know, how this Joker has a disease. And I was like... I think we're moving past the point of of having, you know, characters with deformities be like villains and mm. and really it comes off a little ableist to be, you know? Mm. He's uh he's walking a very fine line there and if he's going to base this disease on anything real um I I 
I'm glad I'm not him. I'm just putting it that way because, uh, look, in an attempt to make uh, certain some of these movies based in realism so that they have like more gravitas, um, pulling from real life is is it's a tool, right? But at the same time, you also got to be careful because at this you have a huge platform. You're putting out a big message, and to and to associate v- super villainy with a real life disease or condition, uh, I wouldn't do that. Like people, people who suffer from chronic illnesses or diseases or mental states already have it tough enough as it is. You don't need to put anything else into the zeitgeist that kind of strengthens those stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm i hoping that he changes his perspective on it and kind of like rethinks the cat because it, it, there's still an opportunity for him to change the design and mm. because it's not really in the movie and you could ba- barely get a, a, a fix on him. Yeah. And you could just turn around at this juncture. You can turn around and double back and say that he fell in acid. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's that's why, you know. And that's that's true to the comics. So, um, so yeah. That there we go. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, do better, guys. Do better. That's the overall story. That's the overall message of this episode. Yeah. Of RVT. And uh, it, I think that's a good place to cap it, right? It's it's okay to make mistakes, but just do better, you know? Like Yes, right. For fuck's sake. But uh, yeah, this is a good place to cap it. All right. So uh, from both of us here, I am Pav. And I'm Ernesto. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. While you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. Rap battles. I saw MCs going at it. Crews playing new records. I arriving more static. From Frisco to Oakland like Bronx to Manhattan. You know what's happening. Charisma style of rapping. AOB. You know your man Kwan, that's seven feet tall. He should drop the mic and pick up a basketball. I guess y'all, mad love to my crew. Everyone's real cool. All we wanna do is to be in a record pool. I guess y'all, this is my design to make my niggas rewind. Labels pull crimes, it's time for me to resign. The style's deep, even when we fall asleep. Dreaming of the usual, a rap beat. I got class with my mouth, so remember this. If you're not down, you're expelled off my premises. I come with bombs when the sink is loud hectic. I'm clean cut and suave, the appetite, man. I got left. I got Charisma with the knots, charisma on stage is charisma short and rocks, so check it out.
party people in the place. The newest car I ever had was a 78. I'm straight rolling in my bucket with my boys at ease. And when I see a liquor store, I think of 10 G's. I'm just fanatic with these rhymes. You can't read them, though. Young kid, you're not ready for torpedoes. Just wait until my mom hears this jam. She say I have to scram, but she has to take me for what I am. When I need someone to talk to for insight, I see what's in sight. And that's lovely girls tonight. I got methods. I got that. 